right, welcome back to AOTP. This is episode four. This is a podcast about art, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, all the fun buzzwords. Yep. I'm uh, DJ J. Skrella, your host, along with the co-pilot Cynthia Gaten. Hello. And uh, we're going to bring it to you raw and uncut today. We've got a great, great interview scheduled with Joe Looney. Hopefully great. I'm uh, predicting it's going to be great. Should be. And uh, he's a wise guy of Bitcoin and blockchain and especially of the Rare Pepe trading. He made the wallet that kind of uh, brought Rare Pepe trading to the big time. Um, so we're going to talk to him. He's got some opinions and... Um, yeah, get into the history of uh, some of that stuff and tokenizing and what to- what he thinks tokens are and a whole bunch of stuff. He's got some good insight on that and um, and just kind of how the trading cards and the cross-platform use of some of this stuff has been going. Get his insight. Um, uh, exponential growth. Yeah. Yeah, that started in October of 2016. It's seen a lot of action already. He's got one of the biggest telegram groups now. Um, we also, uh, last week we did a, uh, art on the blockchain, uh, event in Baltimore with the, uh, lineup room. What'd you think of that? I thought it was, went really well. We had a lot of good questions, a lot of interest, uh, some follow-up questions. So it was definitely worth the, worth the trip. Nice going into Baltimore don't get to go up there enough i used to go to the orioles games i haven't been up there when nationals started i stopped going up to the going up to baltimore that's sad baltimore is nice yeah it was good it was fun to be up there and uh talk to um i guess my i like to call i guess my peers uh you know hip-hop producers Mm -hmm. uh mcs they were all interested in cryptocurrency well not everybody's interested but it was a good interest in cryptocurrency bitcoin art on the blockchain people are interested in selling their music and earning digital currencies i think so and it's hard to compete when you when you come there for the music and you're thinking oh is anybody gonna want to hear anything about this but i was pleasantly surprised yeah it was a it was a nice uh, crowd there's probably about 50 people or so and uh i mean at least 10 of them were asked questions yeah more than that and uh when i got off stage some um some of the people approached me saying they already had ethereum and litecoin and bitcoin so that was cool we also uh got an email about uh getting one of the pamphlets that we had there about our tokens and what they are and how to use them so if you all are listening to this you can look at the bottom of this uh podcast feed and we have the links to uh the article you wrote right uh, tokens and tokens and digital assets that's my yep. latest article latest and greatest from cynthia <laughs> gayton and i have one on how to create a uh token on the xcp counterparties token and um yeah so there's a lot of stuff going on we have uh the top five news coming up uh cynthia is going to give us some blockchain news that we might have missed or you guys can look into we're also um looking for artists to give us music so we can help promote if you make any music about this uh technology or if you especially accept any payments yeah we're really interested in that we've got a, we're starting a new feature today dealing with uh, music reviews so we want to be able to talk about what you're doing 
Yeah, so you could send that in to AOTB at... FunktownSteam.com That's right. Yeah, so let's get into the news of the week that you might have missed. With Cynthia Gaten. Top five things I want to talk about. There is a, an organization called Sonar. They had a creativity, technology, and business conference from June 14th to the 17th of this year in Barcelona. There's a company called Resonate. Founder is Peter Harris, and he talked about his new blockchain-based, cooperatively owned streaming music business. The Resonate business model allows users to only pay for what they listen to, which is, which is unusual. And then the element of the cooperative ownership is another interesting element. We have the uh, websites will be available for you to check out. Second thing, on June 19th, Ujo announced that they are preparing to open blockchain-powered artist stores, which looks to me like they're just uh, virtual storefronts for musicians so they can sell, I guess, swag, whatever, sell things. Who's opening that? Ujo. Okay. Um, I've got the link also. Are they using the MetaMask or whatever for that? I didn't. It didn't say in, in the article, mm-hmm. um, but it's a it's an interesting concept. Um, I'd like to see how it's going to be different from any other storefront. Perhaps just the currency acceptance and the blockchainness of it. But uh, mm-hmm. that's an interesting development. Then there's a third thing is Mesinos. It's an art investment platform where an art collection can be used as collateral to raise funds interesting idea because that's one thing that you know when you're trying to raise money people certainly loan officers are trying to look well what is the collateral when you're trying to trying to raise money uh so according to coin journal mesinas is a new marketplace for fine art investment that uses blockchain technology to revamp what its founders claim to be a market that has largely remained unchanged for more than 300 years kind of a big step all right (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. Next is um, coming out of Slovak startup. Straight out of Slovak? That's, yeah. <laughs> A contract distribution platform that's called Decent launched its blockchain blockchain business. Decent? De- well, decent? maybe. I saw it. No, you're right. It's decent. I, I couldn't tell what it was. Either. But it could be pronounced Descent. Um, article said... The platform promises to offer a better deal for content producers than the current industry giants such as Apple and Amazon. Uh, it was promised at the time of launch in late June this year that using the platform will be free for artists and customers and will support any content type, including text, music, videos, ebooks, and photos. If they can pull that off, that's quite a. So they're putting this stuff on the blockchain, or what's going on? Because the actual that's the that what, would be the and issue. And what blockchain? Uh, doesn't say. Right. Just says their platform promises to do these things. It doesn't say that it is actually doing these things. But it did just, you know, just launched. Yeah. Just, just to be clear, when like I think uh, when we say putting art and music and on the blockchain and stuff, right. it's not actually putting anything. It's not putting your music and art on the blockchain. Right. That would be impossible. It should be stored elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's reg- registering a hash of something that recognizes that you've attached the art or music to the blockchain. Right. So, you know, it's um, 
you know, you're not putting music on the blockchain. That's and it would create all kinds crazy. of dilemmas. Yeah, there there are services that are saying they're putting music on the blockchain, but they're just putting it, I think, on a server, I imagine, and then. People are trying to come up with storage schemes for this content because you know these these files are are massive, right? And you have to come up with a with something that's going to make sense. And if it was actually on the blockchain, as slow as it is right now, <laughs> nothing would would ever. Just happen. think about everybody in the world if they're running Bitcoin. And you try to put music on the blockchain, and everybody would have those files. Everybody would have them, right? Yeah, so like, defeat the purpose. It would be defeat the purpose, exactly. Yeah. So that's not that's not exactly what it is. So yeah, it's it's a <laughs> shortcut. Uh, fifth item, Zendao. It's a collectibles market platform based on Metaverse blockchain. So according to News BTC, Zendao is a cent- decentralized platform that provides provenance. Improved market liquidity, divisibility of ownership, and capital appreciation of the market. It announced an initial coin offering, or ICO, which took place on June 26, 2017, and just closed July 10th, 2017. Looked looked interesting, but you you're starting to see a pattern um, with what people are promoting and advertising on their art-related um, websites. What's the, what like what? What's and the everybody's saying that it's new. Everybody's saying that, uh, you know, that they're saying things like the decentralized di- distribution. All these things, these words are now becoming part of the the common understanding of what what people are associating with blockchain. So it's um, and now it's even more compact because it's not just music. It's now art, and now we have at least uh, in this weeks uh, discussion about news somebody's offering to do multimedia um, text music video <laughs> ebooks and photos which could be you know game changer for an artist where they can control all those things but it's it remains to be seen so when are, are people trying to load this up on like a, what is it IPFS yeah is that what um, these chains are trying to uh, promote well, that apparently is the, the Ujo approach. That's what they're hoping to uh, to accomplish, as I understand it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta we gotta talk to somebody from Ujo here soon. Yeah. All right, so that's the news that's, of the week. That's the news. Good stuff. All those links will be at the bottom. Yep. And um, yeah, so. We are actually going to get into the interview with Joe Looney now, so uh, here we go. All right, so we have the legendary Joe Looney with us today. AOTB, what's up, Joe? What's going on? Welcome. Not much, just over here discussing some some art. Some blockchain. All that stuff. Some rare Pepe's. Excellent. Um, I guess first things first, let's go over uh, Joe Looney, Uh, you know, how did you get into, um, I met you through the Rare Pepe trading, uh, and I think you were really, really early in that, and you're obviously uh, pretty much the backbone of that with the Rare Pepe wallet. We really, you know, that, that kind of made the community, I think, grow a lot more. Um, what's the, um, how'd you get into the Rare Pepe trading? Trading. Trading. Um, well, I, uh, I discovered it, I think, like a 
a handful of people did at the very beginning uh, when Mike posted the original Rare Pepe in the uh, Counterparty Telegram group. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was just hilarious. And it, it just seemed like, all, like it could, all of a sudden everybody else wanted to make Pepe's too. Um, and then Sean made the, uh, the group, the Rare Pepe Trader group. And, uh, yeah, it just exploded from there. It was, it was more just like, it was like, I have a certain amount of time every day that I spend looking at Bitcoin stuff. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, that became that time basically. Did you know all of them before? You knew all of them? No, I knew, I knew Sean, um, just through like the counterparty slack, but the, uh, the other guys, um, I, I didn't know before, like I didn't know Mike before, or John or Theo or any of those guys. So, uh, yeah, so this this thing came together pretty organically. I think I came in to that Telegram group around, like, I want to say around member 110 or 20 or something. And I remember seeing it on Twitter. Uh, Dark Pill Dan um, had tweeted out some funny ones about Amir Goon and uh, uh, Shilbert and... Uh, or maybe it was semen. I don't know. They were funny ones. And, you know, they're basically making fun of the crypto trading world. You know, they're memes and they're pepified out making fun of, uh, you know, what everybody made fun of or t- talked about, teased, trolled, whatever you want to say, in the crypto world. And when I saw that, it just reminded me of, like, crypto cards for garbage pail kids for adults or something. I mean, so I, I immediately was like, oh, I got to find out how this happened. And I went to, like, the counterparty uh Reddit, I think, and nobody was dead as a ghost town. And, uh, you know, I went to a couple places, and I finally found the Telegram group. And uh, I had actually posted a, a t- uh, an unverified rare, Joe, that never <laughs> oh, made no. it in, that never made it into That the, never made it. Right, because I didn't know. I was like, oh, shit, all right. Cause I, I, you know, me and my friends, we meme and Photoshop shit all the time. And, like, this just caught my attention. Like, oh, shit, I can put this on the blockchain and people buy it. All right. So I made a two live crew Pepe, and uh, Mike said it was too X-rated. There's too much, Oaks too got many ass Banned. <laughs> yeah, banned in the USA for real. And, uh, well, I mean, you gotta you gotta give uh, you gotta give some slack to the scientists. I mean, it was uh, it was early days, so everybody was learning together. Yeah, no, absolutely. But the, the I guess Theo, I put it up on Twitter like I got a rare Pepe, and just did that, and Theo put it in the telegram group because when i signed in the telegram group it was like the first message there it was like hey somebody put this up on twitter and i was like oh shit that's me and they're like they're like yeah it's too x-rated bro and i was like All right. but then i was like yeah i got what's going on in here i remember just coming into that group and be like you guys what the fuck is this and everybody's like it's real perfect so it, it was a it's a lot of excitement early on right yeah it was a lot of fun at the very beginning i mean it's still a lot of fun but yeah in the very beginning it was like it was it was like everybody was just nonstop. There were any time like there was a gap, like the same person is posting like every in, in spurts of like three hours, two hours. Like you can tell that basically like whenever they have a second to look down at their phone, they're just on rare Pepe right. trader. So um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun in the very beginning. Um, it's it's definitely different now, but yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It's but it's more. Um, I guess it's what happens when things get bigger. So yeah, 
it, it's still fun, but it's not. It's not. It's a bit different. There's a few different crowds now in there. Before it was, it was mainly just like the crypto traders and a lot of XCP people, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean it was it was interesting how people found their way into the group too, um, because people would come in and then you'd reference something and they wouldn't have no idea what you're talking about. And you're like, wait a second, how did you even get here? Like, yeah, <laughs> like you just assume like the, oh they they they're in the same group. They got and it. Those, yeah, it, it's funny. It's it's such a funny group of people. Like it it's really every type of person that's in there. Yeah, and it's, um, inter- it's an international worldview too. Yeah, and I I actually I have uh, Google Analytics on the wallet, and so it's it's interesting to see like in the very early days. Um, the U.S. traffic only accounted for like 20% of all traffic. Hmm. And everything else was from all over, like a ton from Russia. There was um, there was a bunch from Venezuela. It's like John and his whole crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a bunch of other random, Japan. We have a bunch yeah. from Japan. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting how, how global uh, just counterparty is. In general, what do you think attracts these folks? What is the? It's one thing the the memeology of it, but what do you think is attractive? It's a rare Pepe. Hmm. Um. I think it's just it's funny at first, so it's it grabs your attention that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you get into it, you're like, wait a second, these things people are actually trading these things, and we can we can trade we can like. We can trade that. Well, these Pepe Cash, you can trade it for Bitcoin, and it's like so. It's it really is like they really are worth something yeah. to people. So, and that's the question that's that's hard to uh, explain to people, like someone that's not into it. Like because I, I always like lately. I feel like I've been bringing it up a lot in conversation with just like random people. Um, and the first question is like, why are they even worth anything? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, well, because someone's willing to buy it. So it's like, why is anything worth anything? But it's, it, it's a, it, it's an interesting phenomenon. I remember I, I was really skeptical of uh, spells of Genesis, which um, for anyone listening that doesn't know, that was, that was the first uh, application of trading cards on counterparty. And as far as I know, like crypto trading cards, like yeah. I don't know of anything before spells of genesis and uh i was really skeptical i thought it was stupid i i was like why would like, that's not a trading card <laughs> like, it doesn't it doesn't look it, it's like it's like it's just a picture and that's that's what we get now with people coming into rare pepe it's like that's i can copy that picture as many times as i want um but that's not it's like that's not the nuance of 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 rare pepe and digital trading cards in general it's it's not about that so it's what is I, it if you had if you had to sum it up in a couple minutes to somebody? I mean, what is what? What do you see? I mean, everybody. I see. Heard a diff, couple different opinions, but what do you what do you see? What is the attraction and what, why is it? Why do you think people find it rare and valuable? Yeah, I think that's the that's the that's a good question. The why do they find it valuable? Um, and I I think it's it's uh, I think people don't really realize what it is that they're collecting. Um, to most people, it is, it is a digital trading card, right? It, it, it looks like that. 
um, like in the wallet. You can you can click on the cards. They flip over. They look like cards. Um, same thing on if you if you use Book of Orbs, which is another app you can use to look at uh, rare Pepe cards. Um, and so 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 I'd say a, a great majority of people. Um, it's just because it looks like a trading card and and it works and you can you can trade you can trade them um but i think if you like want to appreciate the technology behind it um then it, it's it's more nuanced than that it's it's not that um you're collecting an image um it's more so that you're collecting the asset so the actual cryptographic token mm-hmm. uh, and the image is just is just what what it looks like right so it's you you know that it's rare because i mean counterparty is built on the fact that you can issue assets that have the same uh secure properties as bitcoin itself so if i say there's a hundred um i can prove that yes there's a hundred and and there won't be any more than a hundred so you, you can rest assured that only a hundred of these things exist. So in that, in that process quickly, what, what, how do you lock something on the blockchain with XCP? Well, I mean, you got to kind of understand, um, what XCP is first. Um, and all it is, is it's uh, software that, um, you can run into, everyone can run independent. Um, it's not like you're running, um, the counterparty software isn't communicating with other people running counterparty software. It's not like nodes, like, Mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin nodes. All it is, is software that, uh, parses out information from the Bitcoin blockchain and then uses that information to populate a database. So you can think of it kind of as an append only database or right a write only database so um you can't um you can't delete things from it mm-hmm. but you can you can write more information um and it's ordered so and stop me if it's like i'm getting like too technical or anything but um as as the software parses out um and okay so it's an append only database and the only way you can append is a Bitcoin transaction and basically using like the memo field of a Bitcoin transaction. Mm. Um, so counterparty picks up that data and every transaction cause it knows the order that those transactions happen. And then it populates this database. So, um, every new command essentially changes the database somehow. Um, so when you, when you generate an asset you're just creating a command that says generate this asset and it's adding a row to a database that has your asset name and however many you said you wanted there to be. Okay. Um, and then when you lock it, you're just, you're issuing, you're actually issuing another issuance type transaction, Yeah. but it's a special kind. And it just says the word lock in the description in all caps like this is actually how it works um it says the word lock in the description in all caps and when counterparty software sees that it says okay now this asset's locked so it just goes to the asset table in the database and um just writes basically that okay this one's locked because we saw the command and it was it was valid 
So the so the benefit is for a lot of this counterparty stuff is that it uses Bitcoin, which is thought of as the most secure chain, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, the most work. Yeah, and then so you you're you're locking an asset on it, and it's really hard to rewrite and go back in history to uh, you know change change that. But on a on another blockchain, possibly you could attack it easier and rewrite certain stuff. Like if you were to use the same type of counterparty on uh, another younger chain or something, would it be easier to get into the security of it and rearrange that? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on um, if there's like if if that chain forks often. Um, and how many blocks are orphaned when that happens. Um, it, it basically just means you'd have to wait more confirmations. Um, and you could actually, um, I mean, you could, you could write the software um, if you were to say fork counterparty code and put it on a weaker chain. Yeah. And you could, you could write the code so that um, effectively it's, it, it would parse out that information but with some sort of caveat that, like, hey, this isn't really secure. It's like basically an unconfirmed transaction until there's six confirmations or something like that. Okay. Um, but I think the the real draw is that counterparty is is Bitcoin. It is on Bitcoin. So it's like everyone knows at this point. You can you can ask anybody about Bitcoin and they've heard of it. Right. Um, so you can say, oh, it's. The way I try to explain, like Rare Pepe specifically, is their digital trading cards that live inside Bitcoin, right? Because it's like people don't, when pe pe non-technical people hear Bitcoin, it's all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm going to be confused, so don't even bother continuing, right? Yeah. So if you say Bitcoin and they know, okay, that's this weird like currency thing that lives on the internet. And then you say you can people can understand digital trading cards because they know what trading cards are. Mm -hmm. So you can just say it's trading cards that that like live live on the Bitcoin chain or li live in or live like live inside Bitcoin is kind of like the the easiest way to describe. Bitcoin's like this. It's like this complicated thing that's on the internet. Um, these trading cards, you're telling me that they're trading cards that are like part of this thing. So. I can kind of get that if Bitcoin's money, then these trading cards have like, like if I say there's only, if they're rare, then they are rare. Right. Um, it's definitely, it, it's, uh, I found it, it to be a very difficult thing to explain to non-Bitcoin people. Um, <laughs> yeah. But to Bitcoin people, it's an incredibly <laughs> easy thing to explain. Um, and you get a lot of different questions, but... Um, I actually, it was interesting. I had a, uh, I had a guy from uh, that like writes of um, writes articles for Forbes.com, um, contact me and ask me some questions, and and he was trying to put some article together, um, and I spent like two hours just on Telegram chatting, mm -hmm. trying to explain it to him, and I found that. Every time I'd start getting into an explanation, I had assumed that he knew more than he did. Oh. And so I'd have to take it like one step back and then I'd start explaining. And then I'd realize he didn't even know that. So then I'd have to take like <laughs> another step back. And at the end of the two hours, like I'm pretty sure he still didn't understand it. So I never heard back and never saw anything. Oh, close. gosh, that's terrible. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 
it, it's fine. It's but I I kind of use that experience as like okay, I can't assume any level of knowledge um, with people outside of like Bitcoin communities. So um, that's why I start with like the most basic thing. It's Bitcoin and the digital trading cards. Right. And um, so what i guess what's what's next all right you know what before we get into what's next for rare pepe let's talk about the wallet when when you started out you guys didn't have a rare pepe wallet you guys yeah no, created yeah, the assets was... and traded them on the decentralized exchange which is like counterparty or wallet.counterparty.io or um that's where you guys were at and there's was there an image attached to that or not not on the decks right there's no images no, it was literally just like when Mike posted it on the Telegram, he just said, here's the image and here's the asset name. And this image, this asset name is this image. And he had, I think it might actually still be up, myrarepepe.com. Mm -hmm. He had posted, let's see. If it's, yep, still there. So um, that was where he posted it. There's like a little bit of information there. It, yeah, it's crazy. So the initial price, um, he sold 147 uh, at 1.5 XCP and 150 at 2 XCP. So there was 300 of those issued, and back then in October of 2016, he sold them for one and a half to two XCP, which at that time was only probably like four to seven dollars a pop, and not even. Not even not even one point five XCP would have been I maybe five dollars. Right. So and and I can now, tell you what Yeah, go ahead. Joe. Hello, Joe. Hey, I still hear you guys. Oh, yeah. Okay. I did something with the computer. All right. Um. Uh, all right. Let's go oh, back. The value. To, yeah, the value of a rare Pepe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, and it's it's higher than this buy order, but it's essentially increased. It's it's over 100 times the value. Since of October. Since, since September, actually. It was okay, less. September, yeah. So... That's crazy, and so yeah, yeah so they're tra they're trading at like between what? What are they at right now? Like five or six hundred dollars a pop? Yeah, six hundred dollars. Someone's trying to buy one for five hundred ninety, so it's fifty-one thousand Pepe cash. That's so were crazy. the original three hundred all sold? Yeah, they. Yeah, he sold all of them. Um, I, he kept three. He gave me. I think he gave me two, possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning and. I got. I gotta hope he's got at least one <laughs> left. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's funny. That's what it was at the start. So yeah, so there was. So basically, you just use counter wallet, right? And you and you had to um, basically just know the asset name at, based on this website that that Mike had put up. Um, September eighth is when he had posted it. Okay. Um, but. I had actually just finished a uh, another project that I was working on that was just like 
a hobby project, um, which is btcpaymarket.com, which is still up, but it's like not really working. And I just, I kind of, I leave it up in case anybody had used it and they, the wallet part still works, but the market part doesn't work. So Mm. I don't want anyone to, to think they can't get, even though you could just go to the counter wallet. I don't want anyone to think they can't get their, uh, their assets or Bitcoin out. But, um, I had created that site basically to showcase the uh, BTC pay transaction type and counterparty, which allows you to trade with Bitcoin on the decks. Mm. Um, it's a little co- like I it, I when I say get started with Rare Pepe Wallet, I didn't have time to work on the site anymore. Um, but uh, it's it basically involves two transactions, but you can you can trade. Bitcoin for and for XCP or an or an XCP asset um, on the on the decentralized exchange, it does work. Uh, it's just it's disabled in Counter Wallet because the user experience is bad. So you get a lot of people not knowing what's going on. Um, right. So it's easier to just turn it off. But I had I had made that site. I just finished it. And Mike just happened to post that thing, the uh, rare Pepe and telegram. And I kind of saw it as an opportunity, um, to take what I'd written in that site and actually, uh, build out a site for rare Pepe's. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what I did. So I, I just took all the code I'd written for BTC pay market, um, took out most of the UI, um, for the market and then just put the, the Pepe cards in there and organize them and uh, built in the uh, the trading functionality with each card and then um, basically just was building the wallet on the fly in the very beginning. I mean, it was it's still kind of what I do now because it's a hobby project, but um, yeah, in the beginning it was just like, so I'd, I'd release code that I'd like barely tested and then it doesn't work. And so I have to like run in and fix it again. And, um, but it was, it was, it, people were using it. So it was something that I wanted to, to put together and, and get it usable. And right. Um, and you, you did this all. Cause like you said, it's a hobby as part of your part of the early community. You were having fun with it. And this kind of leads me to like the thing, like this wasn't like a ICO or, um, this is really organic. Like you guys came together in like the most organic ways possible. It sounds like. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. It was. It was definitely the most, um, like, unplanned project um, that I've ever been a part of. Uh, <laughs> so are you a trader? Are you a trader in other areas, or is this your primary trading platform? And you, in terms of your your experience before you started working on this, do you mean trading as in like in any in any shit, shit coins trading? or anything yeah. Like stocks? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like most people in Bitcoin, I've I've experimented with with other other chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been I've been into Bitcoin since uh, early 2013. That seems to be uh, the <laughs> yeah. It was it was during the first like big run up to a hundred dollars and then it ran yeah. up to like two hundred and thirty dollars and then crashed back down um but i had i had actually i had, I had followed um a twitter account that would just post the exchange rate 
uh, like a year earlier. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was funny. I was like this Bitcoin thing. Like I never looked into it. I was just like, yeah, it's funny. It's like an exchange rate for this weird internet money. So I followed them and I remember it was, the price was like $3, $4. Mm -hmm. And then I saw on my Twitter feed that it was like $50, $60 and going up. And I'm like, what, like what's going on with this thing? So that was obviously when I started looking into it, but um, yeah, I've, I've traded, uh, bit shares. I was big into bit shares in the very beginning. Um, then they kind of did some things that made me think maybe it wasn't as great as I thought it was. <laughs> um, that's Dan, and, like Dan Larimer, Larimer's yeah, project. Yeah. Yeah. I missed the, uh, he's got his name on a few projects out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to give it to him. Yeah. I, it, the projects he's worked on, I mean, as much as he annoys me, and I think he's, like, ridiculous, uh, yeah, he's, he must have made himself some money by this point. Yeah, uh, I, I logged into my my Open Ledger account recently after BitShares went up, like, a thousand percent, and uh, I was like, damn, do I got any BitShares left? And I, I did. I didn't have many, but... I forgot Open Ledger. I, I used BitShares when I first started messing around with cryptocurrencies too, and it was yeah, that was my biggest burn actually. Yeah, I actually I I sold like I saw I kind of felt like I saw the ship was sinking, mm -hmm. and I remember I got out. It was like a sixty million market cap or something after it had shot up originally to like yeah. one thirty or something like that. So I I ended up like in the positive with like the Bitcoin that I got back out of that. So I, I felt okay about it, but yeah, I mean, had I held on to now, I mean, I'd have even more money, so go figure. <laughs> but after that, I really kind of just, uh, retreated back to Bitcoin, I guess. Uh, and saw that as like, yeah, this is, this is the one that's really got the, the staying power and all the market share and everything. Yeah. Uh, why, why you're on that. So does, we've you know in some of the telegram groups there's been a lot of rage going on and t twitter and all that stuff with uh bitcoin i mean are you still are people i don't know it seems people some people that are really bullish on bitcoin are starting to uh backstep a little bit i've seen i've seen a lot of excitement still with bitcoin people but what's up i mean are you still as bullish on bitcoin as you were in 2014 2013 i think it's i think it's just different um and you got to remember, I mean, in 2014, um, see, that was, that was when, so when was the big run up to Mount Cox? That was like December of 13, 13, right? Yeah. yeah. So in 2014, 2015, not many people were yeah, it was like, bare, right. that bullish, right? I mean, it was down at 200 and it was just kind of inching along. Um, so I think that shook out a lot of weekends, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I I was definitely getting nervous as uh, the Ethereum was approaching Bitcoin. I, I don't know that it really matters, even if Ethereum eclipses the market cap. Right. Uh, I think the fundamentals are very different. Mm -hmm. um, but it, yeah, I mean, it definitely made me wonder. Um, I've I've actually like divested a little, uh, a tiny percent of Bitcoin into Litecoin, kind of as just like a hedge of. Bitcoin explodes. This is the next, um, like, this is the next best proof of work chain. Right. Um, but 
I don't know. I, what do you think I, is going to happen in the next couple of weeks? I mean, do you see Bitcoin uh, yeah, the fear. imploding or being three the coins? August. Or is everybody going <laughs> to... I can guarantee you... I can guarantee you that it will be volatile. So anybody oh, that yeah. trades on volatility is going to make a lot of money. <laughs> or lose a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I don't know. I, I kind of got sick of following the politics of it. Um, yeah. With the Segwit and Segwit two times and, and all ABC. that stuff. Yeah, I don't even. I I was on vacation this past weekend for a few days. Yeah, you missed a couple new chains <laughs> popping up. Yeah, Forks. I know. I see this Bitcoin ABC thing when I finally uh, get back to looking at uh, Twitter and uh, Bitcoin stuff. But it's it's yeah, confusing I, to anybody that follows Bitcoin. That's the bottom line. Unless I mean, even the developer. I mean, everybody's confused, especially people like me that's not even as technical as you and other people. It's confusing, but. Like regular people that uh, you know, I'm, I find myself more in the scene. But regular people just have Bitcoin, like they don't know about any of this. So it's kind of a it's an interesting thing because all my investment has been in stock. You know, I buy individual stocks, and so I don't trade as frequently. So I buy it to hold it. That's why I have I bought it in the first place. I'm not a trader in that sense. So people having these conversations, and you know, it's mo- it influences the market. Because that's why people read the Wall Street Journal. It influences the market because people are paying attention to what people are saying and make decisions based on what they think is, you know, good advice. But this is second by second. I can't keep up yeah. with what yeah, people are talking about. And yeah. and it's hard to know, are you actually an expert in anything? Because I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I mean, I don't listen. You're know, just looking the at people the people that you're talking things, to, like, your, or, your oracles. Who and are stuff you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if. I, I'm starting to believe that if you if you just go and hibernate until like November, December after all this drama and because the, there's more drama I think coming in November or whatever, where they're trying to increase the block size too, right or something. I don't know. Or there's yeah, a fork. There's a planned fork and all. Anyway, yeah. If you just go hibernate, I think like you know if you're not part of the volatility, like you probably just you'll be all right. There'll probably be a set Bitcoin sometime that comes out i mean there will be you know yeah I, I i don't know like i feel like it's gonna go up down up and down and it's got to come out I, I, don't, I don't know but it might be i think every if, perhaps if everybody was quiet and it would just you know move like the market would normally operate <laughs> and you can't just, be quiet in this because too many people have a number one agendas they have different yeah. views of what it is right they're there's businesses, the interests are very there's different. miners, there's users, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, well, decentralization. I, Go ahead. I think that uh, I think that's actually a good indication of how important uh, the psychology is um, to everything. Right. I mean, you can have the best tech in the world. If no one uses it, it's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so. And I actually think that's that's been a really interesting thing, kind of learning uh, experience with with rare Pepe and that um, how important the psychology is and mm. um, the community the community yeah exactly I mean that's the telegram group is just as important as the wallet or anything yeah you're right without, um, it's not, without it's that not community the mo- it's not the most important thing yeah, yeah. Um, it, it all started on telegram it's that groups up to 1500 people and there's at least uh I mean, on busy days, you can have 
I, I mean, 20, 30 different people chatting in there at once. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's been, that whole thing's been really interesting. But I, I think with all the Bitcoin politics and stuff, I, I think it'll, it'll figure itself out. I, I'm not too worried about it. Um, so do just, you all have to pay pay either. that much attention to what's going on in Telegram? Because I, I don't know if I were working as a developer on this that I'd want to look at <laughs> what people are saying. It'd be, you know, because it, 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 that's why. I, well, not if you're yeah, a developer. What, in some respects, you just want to get your work done. Just let me get my work but, done. But Joe doesn't have to do a bunch of work, like, let's fair on day to day. He just I does mean, some just, things and, like, upgrades and stuff, right? Like, to be fair. <laughs> well, I know you yeah. do work, but, like. You're not yeah, fucking twenty four seven. Your head down, rare Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at the beginning, it was a it was a lot. I mean, it, I definitely put a ton of time in, into the wallet and mm-hmm. getting it worked out. But I had a whole room full of people to debug it for me. So yeah. um, it was it was it was fun. I mean, it's it, as a developer, it's it's fun to see like your work appreciated and being just being used. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why I, I wanted to get the Google Analytics set up um, as early as possible, to, to so I can see basically live um, the use who who's using it, how many people are on, so the different load and how it kind of performs. Um, but it's it's been a lot of fun, definitely, um, just to kind of do things on the fly, and um, it's. It's a it's an interesting project for sure. I if you had told me a year ago that this is what <laughs> I'd be working on for for months on end, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, when, when I was when when the alts were really red last last uh, early winter, like in like October, November, December, before the big run up. I mean, rare Pepe was the perfect escape because the alts were bleeding to death. Like if you're a trader, like all you could do is watch your if you were holding your bags, your shitcoin bags would go to nothing pretty much. So yeah. the rare Pepe stuff came up and yeah, that was like, I feel like I wasn't the only one that that took away my attention from being de- <laughs> depressed, looking at my bags every day <laughs> or being in the polo troll box, like <laughs> trying to shill something you could actually go and learn about. Yeah. I learned a lot about just using, uh, of course, using counterparty and just assets in general, just by coming across the rare Pepe. So, you know, it was cool in terms that I learned something, and um, you know, it, you, you doing everybody in there is doing art and memes and weird shit. So, like, it's, it's just a fun. That's the fascinating thing. If there was nothing, because I, you know, haven't been in, in in that long, but watching the conversations. And certainly somebody coming in having not any idea what the memes are, I'm wondering really what whether they get anything because that's part of the whole conversation is understanding understanding the memes. And if you watch it long enough, you start getting, you know, the things that are going on. But it's a it's a conversation, inside jokes, there's all these things that are going on that make it just yeah. fascinating. And it's ever evolving and going in waves from like different cards that are popular, different people that are commanding the attention of the chat and it's just there's a lot of different there's a lot of different uh parts that you know make it all up yeah yeah i hadn't uh i hadn't really used telegram uh much before kind of the end of last summer Mm -hmm. um and it it was it's definitely uh interesting place to just 
hang out, I guess you, you would call it. Um, keep the window open on your in your browser when you're doing other stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's really just, I, I find the, the rare Pepe group in particular is like, it's just a place where everyone goofs off. Nobody takes anything too seriously. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a place you can unwind and, um, is, and there's all different kinds of people in there too. And everyone's goofing off. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And I can see how that just the telegram group itself draws people in. Yeah. And that, that's like this, that's really a uh, proof right there that in we talked about earlier is the community drives the rare pepes and i mean you know that's the big thing with all these icos and these cryptos that come out these new chains these new tokens they're all trying to get the network effect and get people talking about their tokens and all that stuff and they're doing it by getting you to buy the tokens early and then you create instant marketers you know because everybody's now holding that bag and they're all talking about it but that's not the way this happened. This happened so organically, and uh, like the community is more tight because of that. they're not just they're not drawn together just because they all bought the ICO during a two week period. There, you know, because those conversations are are so different. When you look at those Telegram conversations, it's yeah. all like when when is this happening? When is this happening? When is this happening? And that's the there's like instructions <laughs> that are people are trying to get answers to instead of having conversations which is a very different you know it's not as interesting to me mm-hmm. to to look at i'll check every like once or twice a week on some of those other things yeah but yeah and the um because the art's not interesting <laughs> a lot of the arts just we, uh, i can't we, even get excited about the art. the rare pebbles no the curio, <laughs> curio cards, uh, the curio cards. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah let, uh, that's a good segue Wait, Cynthia, I mean, do you collect curio cards <laughs> i when i saw uh, no 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 i i don't but I, when i i saw that it was you know just checking it out see what was going on and i was like oh Art and compared to compared, yeah, because that's part of what we're doing. But compared to rare Pepe, it's, it's a very, very mild. Um, it's too mild, yeah. It's but, too mild. Well, yeah, it's, and there's no meme. There's no meme. There's right. nothing. Uh, I'm not having a conversation with other people. Say, oh yeah, that apple was, you know, was really shiny. Yeah. In the, I mean, the, there's not nice a lot of three, conversation. Th- you nice can have 3D that. Max. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I I understand that they're trying to get in on something, and and apparently people do. You know, got upset last week because Tuesday was their release date of the new cards, and people were upset that it was on. I mean, right, yeah. so it's ha- that kind of thing is happening, but the conversations about the cards themselves it representing something is not really yeah. having that. Everybody well, wants know, to do rare Pepe on new chains. Exactly, now. exactly. Everybody because, and I can't blame them. It's it's people want this thing. But I'm going to copy it now and make my own thing so I can get rich and sell those things. Um, That's not the spirit of all this, though. That's why no, it's it, not going it, to work. People I don't, don't get it. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't <laughs> why why wouldn't that be what you guys are doing it for? Um, yeah, it's that that whole kind of um, copycat stuff that's it's been going on a lot. It's it's just it's funny. It's it, it kind of is like a measure of success, right? Because yeah. if, if everyone's trying to copy it, then it must be worth copying. Yeah, I saw they did. They dropped the Keck coin for Radium Chain now, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're, we're up to like fifth of the sixth about. one. Yeah, um, I expected you know Radium to go up a little bit, but I saw it was it was didn't move much. So I don't know if it got a lot of action because you need to have Radium to get that airdrop. But 
But I am surprised, I have to say, I'm not, I am surprised that there aren't more uh, trading cards that are covering different. I think there's something with sports now or something they like that. They got a soccer, I, football one, yeah, but, football card one. But, you know, having having seen the success of Rare Pepe, I'm, I am surprised that there aren't uh, Well, you know what? you know what those other things are missing, right? Fun? Rare Pepe wallet. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Real talk. Holler at the, the looniest one. You've got, the, you've got you covered for all your RPW needs. There, you got memory chain. I mean, at least on the XCP, you got memory chain, which I think their community's starting to form a little bit, especially in Japan. They got some cool cars, and they're documenting the... Um, yeah, I think they're they're doing it they're doing it right. I, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's Koji over there, and yep. uh, I I really like that project. And I I've, I gotta I chatted with him a little bit on Telegram, but I gotta I gotta get together with him and just kind of chat about things. But they were one of the uh, they they bought into Rare Pepe pretty early on and and yep. started supporting it in uh, Book of Orbs. So. And uh, yo, everybody are... that 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 put on Rare Pepe early has benefited. Like Book of Orbs, they you know they had spells of Genesis in there and stuff. But I feel like Rare Pepe has probably gotten them more of the transactions. Then you got uh, Tux Exchange, which went from nothing to the Rare Pepe Exchange. Yep. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's more, but it feels like everybody that's kind of gone in this for the right reasons and came out of it like by supporting it when it was the underdog i mean the same thing as like the pepe howard supported donald trump in the underdog which <laughs> is a whole another you know whole another conversation but it's always like that that the pepe the frog is the chaotic underdog supporting uh jester you know it's like yo i'm gonna you know he's he's david versus goliath yeah. I think it really is it really is like the perfect meme, right? Because it can be anything. And just the, even the fact that Pepe is a frog, right? Yeah. And and like amphibians and, and changing and stuff. I mean it's yeah. it's 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 really interesting how that caught on um, as just someone posting uh, an image from some comic strip from Matt Fury and then it just evolved into this thing that's like um, the, the meme, the meme of all memes, you know, uh, and you, that you can, and just the fact that we have, what's up to 1100 cards now? Yeah. Based on a green frog <laughs> cartoon. Like right. it's obviously they aren't, <laughs> they, their interpretations are, are very different um, yeah. on a lot of them. But um, yeah, and I, I think the, the time was was right for uh, Rare Pepe and and this project with the the wallet, the directory, and uh, building it on top of Counterparty. It was it was right before the election in September, um, so everyone kind of knew who wh- what Rare Pepe was or what who Pepe the Frog was. Um, if they didn't know about him before that, I had, I knew about Pepe the Frog. Um, Definitely before it became kind of a before it, before it became a hate symbol, right? Uh, but uh, the fact that it was the whole idea of a rare Pepe, uh, I think, was the perfect like 
segue into understanding like tokens and assets um, mm -hmm. built by, on top of Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency. Uh, so it, it was, I, I think we, it, luck had a lot to do with kind of how it got so popular and, and price increase and all that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the, the community was, and all the people that were in it, there's a lot of people that were around in the beginning that are still around. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you were around at the beginning, you're still around. Um, like, a lot of names I see pop up that I, I, that were around a, a, for a while and that kind of stuck with it. Um, and I, I think there's, I think this idea of, um, kind of using the asset and and seeing it as something beyond a a stock or just a coin or token it's mm -hmm. it can be other things um i think that's only going to increase um there's a couple other there was another project i saw recently um it was the the crypto punks mm -hmm. uh, yeah, where they're like little icons that you can buy and sell. They sold like um, or they got they airdropped like five thousand or something icons, right? Yeah, and you can um, I think you can buy. I'm not sure exactly because I, I don't mess with Ethereum, so I don't I don't I haven't actually uh, done anything with that, but um, I've looked into it. It's pretty interesting, and and they've got kind of like Rare Pepe Wallet. You can post bids and. Um, asks for the different uh, little icon guys, mm. and, and people are trading them. I mean, it, it, it's it's a kind of a new uh, it's a new it's a new reality yeah. kind of thing. Like it's like a second life almost. Like you know that game Second Life or whatever it's called. Like like this thing exists in this space, and it's worth. You know what I mean? Like outside of it, it you're not really using. You can't you can't use these Pepe's too much. Um, but inside of your computer, they give you, you know, these tokens, they, you can use them in what, Takara, like, uh, Mandel Duck has a game where any token, I think, that's built on XCP can help summon a different type of creature or whatever in your game. So, you know, it gives you an opportunity just with your asset to, you know, that's, a, you know, just having any asset that you name is different. It's going to, you know, summon a new type of creature based on some algorithm. I mean, that's all new. That that, that doesn't exist outside of that space. So, you know. yeah, I really, I really think that that, but if that catches on and, and I, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't, yeah. um, but with like more popular games, mm -hmm. um, like I mean, the, the, the killer feature would be if, like, um, if Counterparty was integrated into, like, Valve, right? Or yeah. Steam, right? right? Steam yeah, is the... Uh, and then you could basically just have, like, if you have a sword or, or armor in one game, like, you can use it in another game. Yeah. Um, and then... And if your users could make things that could be used in that, because right now you can't do that as a user, right? Like the programmers have to create these things. Is that right? In what do you Steam, mean? Like in the games, like if you get a sword or something. Yeah, I think, yeah, because I think all, I mean, all Steam is is just like an online place where 
like game developers can right. sell their games. Um, right. But if there was some sort of like way that that the developers could, use, I mean, there is. I mean, so I guess there really is no reason why it couldn't be integrated. I don't really play a lot of like yeah, I don't either computer so. games, so I don't know. I I know what it is, but I'm not like familiar with the interface or anything. The way um, the, the way I understood it is that the Steam people and the developers and all that, like it, it's within that community, so it wouldn't want to open up to all the independent gamers and all that stuff that are doing it because that's kind of the I think I saw Christian talking about that with in a Krista Rose interview is that this this stuff that we're talking about in the XCP and the tokens and the assets and creating on these cross platform works with like independent game people and stuff because they can come together without having a hub like Steam. Gotcha. Okay, so, I see. So I guess I getting into that that realm though it probably should happen but I guess Steam probably from what I'm gathering controls that access more. Yeah, it would it would have to be one of those things where like it's seen as just another like part of the stack you could use to build any mm-hmm. kind of game, no matter if you're uh, yeah, a developer on Steam or if you're um, like a actual like game development like what Activision or like Blizzard or, or something like that um, company. I mean, it, I, I think you it could get to that point, um, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I think it's it's getting there within. Uh, the Bitcoin community, at least, and like crypto community yeah. in general. So I, I'm not sure if, in order for it to catch on, just that community needs to expand, or if it can be kind of simplified down, um, so non-Bitcoin people can use it and not have kind of difficulties with it. It's it's probably the way to go, but um, I think people get it. At least with Rare Pepe, when I explain it to them, like they're just digital trading cards, um, and you can trade them and send them back and forth, and you can post offers for them, and um, you can you can put orders up to sell the ones you have. I, I think I think people people get it um, if it, once they see it, and you kind of walk experience them through it. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't think it's a big leap uh, for for non-Bitcoin people to, to to get into this stuff. What do you think, Cynthia? You think? I was just thinking. There's this book that I'm reading, and each uh, the character as it, as the character goes from world to world takes on different attributes, even though it's one identity in that sense. It, and from world to world, certain things morph into other attributes based on where this person is. So if there was, if all these games somehow or another coordinated and created a lexicon of a sword equals a feather in a different game, then you'd have different, then the assets that the, the character carries from game to game actually could change value from game to game. Yeah. Even though it's one, let's say it's one token. It doesn't have to be a sword in this game. It can be something right. else in another game. Because sword isn't useful right. in Mushroom World or whatever the, the, the world is. Um, and that way you could have a token that had multiple values based on the game that is being used for. And you basically only have one token. Bought at one time. And all yeah, well, the sto- stories related to that, because the book is fascinating that way, because the character 
changes, you know, physical appearance as it enters worlds, is male, female in different worlds. Um, but you know it's, you know, it's the same character uh, throughout, but it changes personality, it changes, it knows a different language. But anyway, but I, I just, you guys talking about this, I said that would be a really cool thing if a token could do that from game to game. And there's just a lexicon that the, the developers come together and agree that if, if a character has a sword in this game, it is the equivalent of another thing in this other game. But anyway. I, I don't think they have to come together to agree, though. No, just, yeah. They, that's, that's that you, just, you can make that happen. Like, that, that's the thing. Like, you don't, it's permissionless, right, Joe? So yeah, I mean, that, I can what, say that Lord Keck is worth whatever in my game. You might not ever introduce Lord Keck into the game. Nobody might not know what it's worth. But according to my rules that I program, it is worth this. Whether or not you bring it into the game or not is another story, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what... Uh, but if like it's useless Commando. in the other game, that's my concern, is well, that your Lord Keck would be useful in one game and useless in another right, because it course. doesn't have... But there's so many it's so many counterparty... Counterpar- we just had the millionth transaction on counterparty. So, and that was, what, like like 0.5% of all Bitcoin transactions, Joe? Yeah, I saw that stat. I, I'm not that's surprised. Crazy. That's um, crazy, though. Yeah, I mean... It, there's been times where you could have, yeah, you could have blocks with 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 two three percent of the transactions in the block or to all counterparty transactions. But yeah. what what Cynthia describes, I mean, that's that's going on now with rare Pepe's. I mean, that's what Mandelduck has done with the Saratobi mm-hmm. Island yep. game. Um, different rare Pepe's kind of create you create these different. Uh, like I guess it's like monsters or avatars or something. I haven't yeah. tried it. Um, haven't yeah, that's what everybody's saying. They haven't tried yeah, it. Yeah, it's really cool. I, just, I don't know. All the all the screenshots that I've seen have been like, it's like the picture is of at least yeah. with the rare Pepe ones is like on it somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe it changes like the shape or something if you use like depending mm-hmm. on what the name is or something like that. But but that's a great example of how. Um, like Mandelduck, is he's got his own thing going on with um, his own software projects and everything, but he's able to use uh, rare Pepe's and and include them in his game. Hmm. Um, and like John um, and and rare Pepe Party, um, which is uh, John's like card game that he's he's working on. That's it's kind of a um, it's like uh, was it Hearthstone? Mm-hmm. If anyone familiar with that um but i think his whole thing is there's certain cards that he made for the game but then you you can use any card and it it figures out kind of based on like the rareness of the card and maybe other different things um kind of what it does in the game but anybody could make like anybody else could make a rare pepe card game too and they could all do different things um, cause it's all, it, it's because it uses Bitcoin and it's a big public database, essentially, um, that's very secure. So, uh, you know, you can use it in your game and it's not going to screw your game up because you, you have an expected kind of, um, um, like actions that, that will happen. Um, if you do use it, like you, you don't have to worry about you going to query the, 
database and that asset's gone it's or provable, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, you, you, can't, you, can't have, you can't make a lot of these games on waves or any of that stuff yet because they're not, like, they haven't been time tested. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could. I, I think the, I think it being on Bitcoin is one of the com compelling things. Well, the, um, the, I, w I was looking into waves, and the reason I say that is because, like, you, I went in and I, uh, just like in Counterparty, I went in and made asset names, right? Well, when you do it on Counterparty, it tells you which asset names are taken or not. When you go on waves, I started entering names into stuff, and every single name was available. I was like, oh, wow, I must be early. Great. America, Virginia, like hip hop, like oh, I'm like, what is going on here? And then I asked them in the chat. I'm like, guys, what's up with the the names and stuff? And I think me and Mike were talking about something. And I I seen that he had a duplicate one made, and I asked him, and they they said, yeah, you can just make multiple names and stuff. So I don't know how that could even work yet, because then they say they they vote on the names to make them official, and that's how it works. But it's that but that doesn't sound permission yeah, like, it doesn't sound yeah. like what we're doing over i hate here. voting i don't yeah. the, whenever i see voting come up i get very skeptical it harkens back to the bit my bit shares days <laughs> um, I feel you. That yeah that's us. actually yeah that's actually like uh, a really good feature of counterparty that i think uh people kind of take for granted sometimes is the namespace um, and the fact that you can um, create a name that is unique and memorable. So not only is it unique, because all these token um, platforms, the actual like token name, like probably the name you're giving it is like an alias. And the real name is like some like 32 character mm -hmm. hex string. Um, and that's how Ethereum works too. So um, it's it's based on this contract that's just this um, this string of characters. It's not a not a memorable thing. Yeah. Um, but I think Counterparty, I don't I don't know how thought out it was when they did it, but I, I think it was really smart. Um, was limiting the asset names to twelve characters because mm -hmm. anybody can remember twelve characters. Right. Uh, so you know right away. Oh, this is a fake. This is, um, this is someone trying to basically trick me um, mm -hmm. into buying something that's that's not what it says it is. Um, so I I really like that feature of Counterparty above a lot of these other token platforms um, is the fact that you have these memorable names, um, and that's actually that's one of the things that. I don't know if you were following with the uh, uh, when we were doing sub assets when that was being integrated. Yeah, but I was I was kind of it like not for sub assets. Oh, you weren't. And <laughs> and my biggest complaint with them is that they're not they're not memorable these names. So oh. why not why not just use a numeric asset, right? And then because you can call it whatever you want, and that's essentially what's going on in the background of like technically how sub assets work. It's just it's just kind of using the description field, um, like when you lock an asset and it uses the description field um, to basically write your your function. Um, it's using it's just the creative use of the description field to essentially pair this this sub asset name with a numeric asset on the back end. Which you know what, it's fine, and I'm I'm sure people will find 
some use case that I haven't thought of um, for it. And it's, it's nice to have added functionality and everything, but I don't really like it for like using them just as assets, like, um, because you create these super long names that I could use, like, I could put like two periods on the end or something or like, I, it, it's just like, and there's symbols you can use. It, it would be very easy to, to trick somebody. Right. You can use lowercase and capital letters. So I'll use like a lowercase L instead of a capital I or, or, or stuff like that. Um, Cause I, and, if I, wasn't this something to do with the parent child? Cause my understanding when I was reading it was dealing with like the parent child relationships. And I was thinking, well, if you had a, natural language and then the sub assets just had dot one dot two dot three to limit to to describe a limited edition or limited number or the rarity or something then nobody could mess with it because you know what the parent name was and if you didn't have the parent name as as well as the extension then it's not legit from from just a natural language versus the numbers because I can't remember, you know, I wouldn't be able to tell if, if this asset number was, you know, accurate or not. Um, yeah. but I would be able to recognize a name. And if, if somebody sold me something and said, um, Agassi dot one out of 25. Yeah, you're talking about the confusion of the name, basically. Right. When you're selling it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. understand the assets too much other than maybe they could be used for grouping directories of some sort. Yeah, I was yeah. just trying to keep every everybody that's associated with one parent, one card, and then all the sub-assets would just be the the numbers of cards that are available. And then I'd be able to look it up, natural language. If somebody had the asset name cards, then they could make cards.rarepepe, cards.memorychain, cards.something. I'm sure that could be a useful case, right, Joe? Like down the line for some kind of directory of XCP becomes some huge thing. Yeah. I mean, potentially. I don't... I mean, to be fair, you can't... Uh, you can't make a sub asset unless you own the parent asset. Oh, yeah. right. um, so you but, can rent those out then. You can sell your like the yeah. Pepe guy. The Pepe guy that owned Pepe, he was looking to sell sub assets. I think on that on that Pepe. Yeah, um, but it's not uh, like so. If, for example, if you wanted to say, "Oh, it's it's cards dot whatever," and anything from cards is from this person um, or this company or whatever that's issuing them. Mm -hmm. um, you, you could also just say this is the company's address and anything issued from this address is a card right, from that. Right, Well, because in my right, head, it I was... Doesn't, yeah, I get you. And that's just the numbers. Yeah. And that's what the sub-asset represents. Because really. I was thinking that the, like, the artist could make a list of these are all the legit cards that I made. Right. Nobody's going to want to look at a bunch of numbers. People will look at words. <laughs> and so I was thinking, I said, well, how could an artist display the cards on a page that would make sense to a person that mm -hmm. wasn't familiar with the number generation scheme? And so that's what... That's, that's an interesting concept. So hold on. That you just, Joe, you're aware, I guess, Koji's implementing something with Book of Orbs where other people can start sometime soon uploading their card series i think of some sort he's okay. putting he's putting this together so if damn where was i going with that 
if you um oh yeah so if me if me as an artist if i've done a bunch of the rare pepes i wonder then could i create some sort of directory with these sub assets and then make it so it's like you know skrilla rare dot and then all my joints come up in a collectible you know like how the rare pepes or the memory chain or that it's its own thing could I mean, is that a use case or is that something? I know I, you know, if I were concerned about um, making sure that people knew that what I was selling was legit. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I could create a gallery is what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. Like, is, is that is that making sense? Yeah, I think I think it's it's the assumption that. So th- I, with as far as sub assets go, it's the assumption that sub assets are bringing some um, new ability um, as far as like associating things with things, um, that wasn't available previous. Mm. Um, in my opinion, it's not, um, just because you, those problems were solvable before. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, say you issued the asset Skrilla and that's, that's your asset. And, um, that basically is, is, you saying that this address that issued this asset is my address, right? Right, right. All I need to do is look at, okay, which address issued Skrilla, and then what other assets has that address issued? And those are all address, those would all yeah. be assets you issue. And that can all happen on the back end, right? But what if so, I have three or four creation addresses? Well, you wouldn't be able to issue those sub assets from any address other than the one that owns the parent. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's something to look into. But I mean, mo- you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, whatever. I mean, we got way off. Yeah, track, we're but, going. We're moving um, on past past the sub assets. <laughs> no, it was just. A, I just. No, no. Right. It's a definitely. It's something that is brand new in Counterparty, and some. It, it, there's a reason it was made. But yeah, I mean, people, people were, and I was, I was, I had a really old forum post where I, I called it like token trees or something. And I mean, I thought it was a good idea then too. And the, <laughs> the more I got into it, I just, it, it's not that it's a bad idea. I think it's, it's, um, it's kind of just repetitive. It's, it's not adding. Right. You said that the, I, the thing has already been fixed yeah, yeah, yeah. Another, it's, it's another it's way to a fix way a to problem something that yeah, you yeah it, it's a, it's a different way to do something that you could have done already so it, so it, moving on past that the uh, another cool feature with counterparty or what i guess you guys are working on is that soon from what i'm gathering is we'll be able to send multiple transactions out like right now i can send a hundred or a thousand or whatever of the same token to you and it's one transaction but if i want to send 10 cards dispersed to 10 different addresses that's 10 transactions i have to pay for which can get costly this is something that counterparty's working on right yeah that's actually um john is working on um yeah it's uh it's just i think that's a great i mean that's a that's a that's a big thing and a big improvement for Counterparty if we get this done, right? Yeah, and, and it's it's definitely going to get done. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's just a different method for for writing information um, into a Counterparty message that goes in the Bitcoin transaction. Mm-hmm. 
it's basically just a different transaction type um, for sending. And it it indexes addresses within counterparty's database when it's so that you can reference an address with a shorter kind of alias. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes up less information, right? So um, that's how you can compress these individual sends um, down from uh, what they are currently and basically taking up the space of uh, that, the op return, which is all where the uh, essentially the memo field in Bitcoin where uh, the counterparty information is stored. So you have a, a limited amount and the sends take up a lot of that amount currently just to send X amount of asset to whoever, one person. Um, so um, it's it's a, a new method for um, indexing addresses to allow you to um, essentially reference less information, but but have it mean more information. I guess would be the best way to describe it. So, and for um, the, for in layman's terms, like what's that mean for um, somebody with an asset that wants to distribute it? Um, I. I'd have to look into the current, but it, it allows you to perform multiple sends in one transaction. So it saves a right. lot on transaction fees, which have gotten pretty high since RepetBay started last fall when yeah. uh, Bitcoin was worth less and the amount of Bitcoin you had to spend was less. Right. Um, so we were talking about before, what, maybe 15, 20 cent transactions at the beginning. Um, Maybe that, was on, that was on medium or through even through rare Pepe while like I mean if you did it on low you could easily get not easily but you could get away with two cent transactions if you waited a little bit too yeah uh, even now lately you can uh, get away with paying generally about half or less of what the recommended fee that rare Pepe wallet tells you yeah um, because the mem pool's not full um, I left I left that up the, the recommended fee just because when we were having I've never got more uh, like customer support emails um, on Rare Pepe Wallet than I did when the mempool uh, was so up. backed up <laughs> yeah be, so and obviously I'm not getting paid and uh, it's I, I want to I want to help people that are stuck and, and try and do things but you get people, it was kind of interesting actually. I mean, you get people that basically know nothing about Bitcoin that are trading rare Pepe's and can't understand why yeah. their transactions not going. I sent some low transactions that cost like 11, I mean, they, they were mad cheap, but it took like 11 to 14 days to go through. Yeah. But it was cool yeah, to be able to find find the transactions. That was probably the coolest, coolest thing I had experienced was, <laughs> well, I can type. I can type my address into, you know, into into the browser and find it. That was that was. You mean it's like the block explorer and see where it's yeah. at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was that was pretty amazing, and it was stuck. Yeah, tra- <laughs> trading trade when Pepe Cash got uh, at its peak and the meme pool, the meme pool, the meme pool was uh, filled up. Um, it is a meme pool. I mean, you're talking two to four dollars for a trade. It was that 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 hurts when you're doing yeah. this stuff. So that introducing 
yeah. multiple transaction yeah. thing. I mean, even if fees are higher, you can still uh, it'd be easier to a lot easier to accomplish things with this uh, these methods. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's another um, there's another transaction type that was actually the spec that that I had written and and uh, Devin is the one that's that's coding it. Um, but it it will allow um, basically you can you can do a send without having to add that uh, the Bitcoin dust that kind of goes along with a mm-hmm. with a send transaction. Um, so just there it'll save um, about 20 30 percent from your your cost to, to do a send um, yo we lost you after send Joe that's hey Joe um, Joe can you hear me uh, yeah I lost I lost you after uh, send about five seconds ago. Send. Yeah, so I was talking about how um, there's another transaction type that'll just make a regular send cheaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that'll do is um, add a, a memo field to a, a asset send, a counterparty send, um, which actually um, will help for integrating counterparty assets and counterparty in general into other exchanges. Yeah. Um, because they can use common wallets. And I don't know if you like on Polo or, or anything like that. Um, if you trade, I know Stellar had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where basically you, it gives you um, an address to send to, but it also A says tax ID put, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put this. Uh, payment ID or whatever or in the like memo field right um, yeah. when you're doing it and and what that allows is they can use these common um, addresses so it potentially could uh, when that and I think that's just about done I think uh, Devin was working on that recently hold on, hold on. before slide. you before you mention it, I'm gonna, let me play the pump music real quick for XCP alright the music's been played now what were you saying <laughs> With the exchanges adding, what? This <laughs> break, musical break. Yeah, no, it's it should it should just help it should just help uh, more kind of developers and stuff integrate um, into their software. Yeah, which um, which means that it could be easier for exchanges to add XCP and XCP tokens because you won't have double transaction or to spend to make a transaction right exactly they don't have to receive it and then send it to a common wallet they can just have you send it to the common wallet directly and then reference it with the, the memo field. so exchanges save money and if the exchanges are saving money and can make money off of these tokens so pepe cash has a value it's become the community money um and some people only trade the Pepe Cash because they're traders and they want to play with the volatility. Pepe Cash was made as the community currency to buy and sell rare Pepe's because you can use XCP as well. But the main reason for Pepe Cash, as I understand it, is that it's just a community currency to enter in onto the directory 
and then you burn that Pepe cash as like your um to you're you're burning it for Lord Keck, who's the overseer of this whole community, <laughs> right? Is that sacrifice. right? Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if anyone thinks that that makes sense, then they know more than me. <laughs> so yeah, like I agree. Like one Pepe cash equals one Pepe cash. Um, some some people get really tight, you know, if Pepe cash drops a lot or something. But really, like for most of the people in the community, I think they're just using it to buy cards and make cards, and that's kind of the value of it. Um, yeah, it's an in-game, yeah. in-game asset. Yeah, it's an in-game currency. Just yeah. like any app has, any video game, they have their, in, you know, like you play Roblox, you get Robux, you play Minecraft, whatever, you, you know, call many, you get gems, all this different stuff, they have their in-game currency. This is, basically, that's what it is. It's an in-game currency, and um, it's, I, I guess it's not necessary, but it is necessary. Maybe it, it's the glue to this whole, you know, to help glue well, it gives Everything. you something else to play with. Yeah. It's, you know, that may not be as be as valuable as a, as another. Yeah, because, I mean, Joe, at the beginning, you are using XCP, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and you can still uh, still trade with XCP, and, and people do, um, not as much um, as with Pepe Cash. But I, I think your description um, as an in-game currency is actually a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's exactly what it is. Um, it has a use, right? You use uh, Pepe Cash to um, get your Pepe certified and added to the directory. Mm-hmm. And it's also the main trading pair with uh, rare Pepes that are listed in the directory. Mm-hmm. So um, it is it is kind of the glue um, that kind of brings it all together. Uh, but I don't know. I I think we it it probably could have we probably could have used just XCP yeah. uh, forever. But I don't know that it makes sense to. Um, I don't think that's really what XCP is for. Right. Um, it's for issuing so, the tokens, right? Yeah. It's it XCP has a function on the counterparty network. For, for issuing new assets, uh, but I think there's no reason to tie uh, the price of Counterparty to the price of Pepe cards, right? right? So it, it makes more sense to have this, like you said, an in-game currency like Pepe Cash uh, that has its own uh, exchange rate, uh, Um, so that you're actually trying to kind of tie everything together um, within Rare Pepe world, right? You, you want uh, you want to stay in that in that world. So, and, and, and the whole burning of, of the cards for uh, submissions makes sense. You couldn't really do that with XCP unless I mean you could you could burn all the XCP in the world, but you might have counterpart people like yo killing all the xcp man like, <laughs> what the fuck are the pepes doing over here you call an exterminator <laughs> but i think we're gonna wrap up here man you got anything else to add here joe um no i think if uh 
if anybody's curious, just go to rarepepewallet.com and there's a link to the Telegram group right at the bottom. So you can get your wallet set up and then you can go uh, talk with other Pepe traders. Indeed. You got anything else to add, Cynthia? No, it was a very good conversation. I'm glad you were able to take the time. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks for everything you do for the community, boss. Appreciate you coming <laughs> on here. And, um, you know, we'll chat more. And uh, We every know where you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. It was good talking to you guys. All, All right. right. Thanks, Joe. Bye. All right, take it easy. All right. So, getting on, that was a good lengthy interview with Mr. Joe there. It was good. I hope you all got some valuable information out of there about counterparty, rare Pepe's, tokens, art on the blockchain. Um, we've got a new feature we're introducing this week, and it's uh, basically, you know, we're going to be reviewing some of the music about Bitcoin, digital currencies, Ethereum, etc. Yep. Miss Cynthia. We'll kick this off for the... For the first one, hopefully in the future we'll have many, many other choices. I first wanted to start with the Ninja Tunes release of the first full-length album entitled Ego using Ethereum blockchain called Rack, also known as Andre Allen Anjos, I think, and Anjos, a Grammy-winning DJ. The album was released on July 14th as an, and is available in most known formats. The album can be purchased via the Ujo Music blockchain platform so you can purchase the album with ether so you can also go into other platforms and buy with with you know other <laughs> other currency mm-hmm. um, favorite cut for me on this was a song called this song featuring rostam all right let's get into that let's play a snippet real quick i want to know you music so there will be some um, emphasis on that but I'll start with number five um, we are all bitcoins is the name of the song the the artist is Sisu Mandarin it's a very very happy song you have to appreciate the optimism and joyful performance I was categorizing it as electric funk <laughs> All right. We'll see what the listeners think. Okay. 
天，你诞生在这疯狂欢谈的世界，到处都被不同的中心牢牢控制。你的出现改变了世界，用你温暖开放的胸怀，融化所有的墙，让人们自由。消除了所有的不平，你的坦诚击退了所有的质疑，你的透明让我们彼此相信，你的阳光照亮了我们的未来。哎，这么多 Ethereum by Fetcher， it's categorized as progressive。House, which it is, I enjoyed this one, but Ethereum is in the title. I heard this song. Did you what, like it?、Uh, it's fine, but what, <laughs> why is it called Ethereum? I don't know. I think it's just <laughs> for me to find it. I think it was a buzzword, exactly. I was like, this is just a house beat. Exactly. It was, it was fine. It was enjoyable. You know, like let's see what you guys think, though. Yeah. Number three,、uh, a gift of Satoshi by Spotted Marley. Again, it has、uh, the what you'll have as the URL is a YouTube, so it's、uh, basically a video game. Nice graphics, bouncy tunes, so it was enjoyable to listen to. Number two, Bitcoin Baron by YTC Cracker, I think, on Gravitas Records. 
And I selected it because of the lyrics and the song reminded me of another song called Safety Dance. And so I'll give you the link to Safety Dance YouTube as well as the I remember the when song. they dropped this this song. This was I think this was a pretty popular Bitcoin song. Was it? Right? That's because of Safety Dance. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking that. Is it a cover of it or something? <laughs> no, or parody? it just it just the beginning sounds like it to me. Right. So let's get into that. Becoming a threat so You know rappers like to rock pools I got fools who can't swim in But I'm collecting a spice like a premise So you fools get stepping And get to choosing your weapon Because the definite roar of indefinite war is epic I found a new way to debit the people I generate an address and I generate a sequel I get medieval when I'm taking payments Cause I don't want the NSA all stuck up in my anus Yeah, and I'm a Bitcoin parent I'm staring the status quo This podcast, Bitcoin Broker by Trax Rome. It's on beatport.com. It says that it's hip hop, but I don't think it is. Uh, but it is another, to me, EDM. And I enjoyed that out of, uh, out of these five the most. Top five. Next week I'll do my top five of uh, cryptocurrency music. <laughs> Fucking cryptocurrency music. Jesus. And what there was genre. only only one of these. The one I talked about earlier, "Ego," was the one that actually accepted. Uh, so uh, only one of those songs. Do, now, on their YouTube's, do they have like links to donate to? Sometimes. S- sometimes with these, I didn't notice that they no. did. And that concludes. Art on the Blockchain, Episode 4, AOTB. We're signing off. We'll be back soon. Uh, we'll have a meetup for y'all, hopefully in August. If not, then September um, in D.C., Black Hat. I know it's summertime. 
Yep. Good night, everybody.